Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact they were meant to make. The illusion of control. Before we see the magician's illusions, let's do a funny papers. So recently, we had a major tropical storm come through the Northeast. Tropical storm Ida. And it was pretty bad. I mean, we were coming back. I wasn't following the news. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so I'm like, boy, it's raining. I wonder why. Oh, by the way, there's a major tropical storm happening. You probably shouldn't be on the road. Driving back from the beach, and I'm talking to a friend of mine. I'm sunshining where I'm at in Jersey, and he's like, it's pouring up here. And he's up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm like, how could it be pouring there? It's sunny here. Sure enough, we get closer to Philadelphia, a couple drops in the windshield. By the time we're, we're within 30 minutes of our house, it is torrential downpour. We're like, wow, this is a big storm. We get to our road, which where we live, we have a creek nestled about 120 yards maybe behind our house. And the road is the highest point, but all of the rainwater seems to find its way to our road along the sides of our road and shoots down all the houses towards the creek. Our house is one of those. So we've had in the past very big storms come through and our creek would flow over the bank and water would rush in from the street. And we had water one time go from the creek, creep up all the way into our yard, almost cover our fence, which is about three and a half feet high, and submerge part of our tree in our backyard. Now, our house sits a bit on a hill, and then there's a decline into the backyard. But like, wow, like the kids were able to go swimming in the backyard. It was about two or three feet deep. Well, not this time. We get back home. We were able to get through a pretty substantial road flooding potential issue and Maybe that wasn't a dumb thing to do, but I drove right through it. Okay. Got in the driveway, noticed something about the driveway. It was a river. So we had to pull the car into the grass where it wasn't as bad. Okay. Grabbed the other car and also moved it. We got umbrellas. We're like getting the kids out of the car, getting everyone inside. And the next step is okay, the floods are rising. And we need to get all the animals on the boat, so to speak. So everyone's safe inside and the power's on. It's all good. It's kind of dark out because of, of, of the storm. And so me and my son, Genny, we essentially get our water shoes on, our bathing suit, and we proceed to go out into the yard to secure our things because things are starting to float away. We thought the bike rack was good, the the bin of balls, all the stuff. We thought those were good. We grabbed some of the furniture, like the lawn furniture, and moved them into a safe place. And we're like, okay, we came back inside. And then we look outside, and we notice the water's rising more. We're like, uh-oh. Now we go out, and the basketball net is falling over. All the bins of balls are gone. The bikes are starting to float a bit. We're like, Oh no, the trash can recycling bin are gone. We waited too long. Our driveway has two feet, no kidding, of water flowing through from the street. It was crazy. 
So Kenny and I rush off to the side, like, let's go find our stuff. The trash cans were down by, there's this bridge that crosses from one part of our property to the other. And wouldn't you know it, there's a big blue bin that we had like our bike helmets in and it was flipped over in the creek up against the bridge and it was, the lid was still on. Like, wow, we grabbed it. And this is so cool. We had a recycling bin, like an old brown style one that held our basketballs and some wiffle balls and some other stuff that was in there. Well, the bin was gone, but check this out. Somehow it got washed away around the driveway, around our little carriage house and went into the creek at high flow, hit the little bridge and the bin itself is gone down the river, but all the balls dumped onto the bridge and they're all just sitting there like, yes, awesome. We had umbrellas with one hand to shield us from the torrential rain and we're walking through two feet of water like in our normal driveway. So we grab the recycling bin, the trash bin. We throw all the balls in the bins like, OK, good. We we, we got this safe. We found a good spot. I grabbed some heavy rocks and put them behind our trailer so that that wouldn't wash away. Move the basketball net over to a safe place. And I think, okay, I think we're good now. Go back inside. We take a shower. Oh, that was gross. We're like walking through creek water. Oh, by the way, before we did the shower, we took a walk into the behind our fence where there's like some property with a trail that goes back to the creek. Well, there's no trail and there's no property. It was flooded. And we stepped in and it was cold water and it went up to our waist in the backyard there. We didn't even get close to the creek, but it was really flowing hard. Like, let's get out of here. We're waist deep. And then we started seeing some funny stuff. It was like Wizard of Oz, things floating by the window. There's this tree floating down our backyard. And then we saw this big giant stump like 24 inches around that's floating like okay let's get back in the house because it's still 75 yards from our house we go back in then we take the shower <sighs> we get all clean and then my wife's like guys what about the lawnmowers i'm like the lawnmowers are fine they're in the little shed it's up on a little little nest little little perched up and i will go check it we go over sure enough our riding mower our push behind mower yeah they are starting to get a little bit wet because the water's rising. So we get over. Let's get them moved out. My wife comes out with us this time. I'm Me and Kenny are in our bathing suits, no shirt, water shoes, forget the umbrella. And now we're pulling the lawnmower out. We're pushing it over to a safe place. We get the rider mower that we have. And we pull that thing out. We push it over in the pouring rain. And we get that under our front porch. We put a tarp over it. We're like, whew clear out our axes and our, our all the different stuff that we had in that shed, move it to a safe place, tarping stuff. We're just rescuing things. And the water level's rising and rising and rising. Before we knew it, there was no fence. Our fence in the backyard was covered. And that's a three and a half foot fence, like I said. And we started walking in the backyard. We're like, it's getting deep back here, like really deep. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. Our geodome, you've probably seen it, look like at spherical uh, monkey bar thing. I guess that's about almost five feet tall. That was more than halfway submerged, probably closer to three quarters, like four feet submerged, but not floating away. Okay. We had a disc swing hanging from a tree. Well, that was floating. Okay. It's getting crazy. So we're like, all right, we got everything rescued. We got out of our chairs that were at the fire pit. We're like, I think we got everything we need now. And me and Kenny got the great idea. Let's go swimming. <laughs> we already had our bathing suit on. We grabbed boogie boards because we just came back from the beach out of the trunk of the car. And we jumped on our boogie boards at one point in the yard and found the current and just rode the current through our backyard. 
And at the back edge of our property, uh, before the fence, not on the other side, down towards the creek, but right there closer to our house and within the fence line, it was five feet deep. And we're riding in current down our backyard. It was so much fun. And here's the funniest part. Now, this is a crazy story. I mean, there's a crazy flood. You'd think we'd be panicked. And there's definitely more to it where there's points where we weren't sure if the water level was going to stop rising. We had to eventually move the geodome. We thought that that would kind of float away. And it got close to our house within 20 feet. We were wondering if we were going to get flooded. Oh, our basement could have got flooded. We never lost electricity. Just a very crazy situation. And we're very thankful that nothing significant happened where in other areas... People had lost had lost lives from this. So, but let me return to our specific neck of the woods where we had five feet of water raging in our backyard. So I go out to the swing. I was like, hey, Kenny, I'm going to go swing on the disc swing. He's like, all right. And I get over to the disc swing. <laughs> you know, in the cartoons, when you see like, you know, a flood and raging water and there's this little cartoon animal like on a perch or like on a ledge. He's like, you know, praying for dear life. And he's like, help, help. So I get to the disc swing. It's floating. You're just hanging there in the current because the rope holding it in place. And there's a mouse on the disc swing. I'm like, I took a jump back like, whoa, it's a mouse. And I'm looking at him real close and it's looking like he's super worried. He's like, oh, no, 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 help me, help me. I could just see the cartoon. And then a little tidal wave hits the disc swing right in front of me, knocks the mouse off the disc swing. He lands in the water. I'm like, oh, he's a goner. No, he emerges to the top of the water and he's mouse paddling or dog paddling super fast. He's like, and he's going along the water, but the current is strong enough where as hard as this little sucker is swimming, he's going upstream and he's not making any ground. He's just kind of sliding to the side and you wouldn't be darned to think it but that little mouse ended up making it about eight feet to the tree found a hole and went in it was so funny and so amazing so i was cracking up this is all on video not that you can see the mouse but you can see me and kenny freaking out about the mouse okay let's get into the main part of the podcast okay mickey mouse Funny papers is over. Let's get to the serious stuff. <laughs> if we can, right? Okay, so recently I had an amazing conversation with a good friend of mine. I'm going to keep his name anonymous. He has been struggling with anxiety around his lack of control. This is only a problem for him because he has the type of personality that thrives on being in control, or at least the perception of it. This is what I mean when I use the word illusion. The conversation was deep and very therapeutic for both of us. We dove into so many topics, including health, family, finances, and even faith. As I took a giant step back from this conversation, I made three observations that I would like to share. But first, let me take you somewhere. I want you to think of a time in your life, and it may be right now, where you were up against it and literally could not get out on your own. Maybe it's a sick child or parent. Maybe you've struggled severely with your own health. Maybe it was such a lack of money that you saw no way out. Maybe it was a natural disaster, like a hurricane, tornado, earthquake, or the flood I mentioned. In each of these scenarios, 
All illusion of control is tossed out the window, and every man, woman, and child resorts to getting on their knees and praying to the Almighty or whoever might be up there. They may believe that God is punishing them and they need to be forgiven. They may believe God is absent and doesn't care. They may just not know, but they are so helpless that they're willing to pray, willing to try anything. Have you ever been there? I have three examples that involve the closest people in my life. Last year, I was wrapped up in three long-term hospital stays where I felt no control. My mom was suffering from COVID as a type 1 diabetic in May of 2020. She wouldn't give her children access to the medical records. We couldn't call. We couldn't get any information because she was stubborn and said no when she was at a weakest point. Don't know why. She, she doesn't know why either, but that's what she did. So no one could get any information. We felt helpless. We couldn't visit her. We had no idea what was going on. The only patch of security I got in how she was doing was when she had her cell phone and she was awake between all of her oxygen use and being completely out of it. And she somehow butt dialed me from her hospital room. She had no idea. And I just was able to listen to my mom breathe for a while. And I talked to her, but she didn't hear me. So I ended up just reading the Bible to her for like 40 minutes. And it was awesome because I heard her making noises and she was kind of rising up and down with some of the things I was saying. And then I lost contact. But that was like the only contact I had with her, like maybe one other phone call. I couldn't get much information to it. I felt helpless. My mother, how can I help her? I couldn't do anything. That sucked. I'm so thankful that she made it through and she came home and she's thriving now. Like that was a big ordeal. But I can't say the same about my Nana and Papa. These were way more than just grandparents to me. They were my second set of parents, and especially my grandfather. Now, they raised me, at least co-raised me with my mom and dad. But my grandfather was the man I wanted to perform for. He's the one that would affirm me. In my life, I called him my father. My Nana was in the hospital for seven days and lost her battle to pneumonia, and that was awful. She passed away February 22nd of 2020. And then my grandfather, nine months later to the day, after a 26-day stay in the hospital, he lost his battle to post-cancer complications. <sighs> 2020 was rough. Lost multiple members of my family. My mom made it, but my grandparents did not. So that was super, super sad and I've gone through and shed a lot of tears in this past year. But I can tell you in all three of those situations, I had no control. All I could do was pray. And quite frankly, it's the best thing I could do is pray. There's a fourth situation. My dad, after my grandparent passed away, that was his parents. He is a bipolar and had a severe onset of depression and mania hit in 2021 after his parents passed away. So this year has been a bit of a nightmare with him. Well, a lot of a nightmare with him. And it's been havoc on the family, making it nearly impossible to try and clear up an estate when he, as the oldest son, is getting in the way. Anyway, I won't go there, but feeling helpless because you just never know where he's going to go, what he's going to do, if he's going to survive, whether I'm going to get a call from a hospital or a coroner or a police or from a jail with your only call. Because I've had those jail calls before. 
And I remember there was a time a few months ago where he went missing for 48 hours. Now, for him, he wasn't missing, but he had no phone, no ID, nothing, no car, and no one knew where he was for over 48 hours. I made a one phone call to a police station in an area where there's heavy drugs, and they didn't know where he was. They didn't know of him, so they said, you can call the hospitals, but that's where I was, like feeling helpless. My dad, bipolar, not knowing what he would do, making it difficult for us to do the estate and hoping he survives this year. I feel helpless. My mom in the hospital with COVID almost died. I feel helpless. I can't talk to her. My nan and pop in the hospital two different times during the year. I feel helpless. Those are some real examples for me. The last scenario I've already alluded to in the beginning of this podcast, the severe flash flood in our area from this tropical storm just made it insane. Again, five feet of good current flowing water in our backyard and the water rose to within 20 feet of our back door. It was very worrying to say the least. Sure, the mouse was funny. The boogie boarding in the backyard river was super fun and all of our kids running out the back door in the swimsuits jumping in the water with us was also really fun. We heard the thunder and saw the flashes and we're like, we're out, let's go inside. We don't need to be swimming in the backyard river. But I will tell you this, the water level did creep up close, and as close as it was to our back door, it could have flooded. I can tell you there were areas not far from where we lived where the storm tore roofs off homes, and there was catastrophic loss of life. Cars were swept off roads in some places. My pastor shared a story that he had to stop because there was a flood of water across the road, and there was a car in the middle of this flooding road and all the occupants of the car were on top of the roof and they were helpless freaking out because the car could get swept away and the current was so strong that you can't swim in that kind of water he called 911 and thankfully people came to rescue but there were people that lost their life in this storm and no one had any control because the power of nature far exceeds anything we're ever capable of being able to control 55,000 people lost power. It was scary. We had no control whether the water would continue to rise or flood or who knew. It was worrisome. And in all these situations, the common thread was we had no control. Can you relate to any of these stories? But let me share something with you. In each case, I was calm and at peace in the midst of the storm. Another in my own shoes could have been freaking out and full of worry doubt, anger, fear, anxiety. So what is the separator between how I felt peace in the midst of the storm and other people feeling that lack of control, loss of control, anxiety, fear, anger? What's the difference? I believe it comes down to three observations. And not to say that I didn't have any fear because it was it could easily have crept back in there. But I chose peace. I chose the higher power. Now, again, you know that I'm a Christian if you listen to this long enough. So let me share the three observations that I have noticed from what I call the illusion of control. Number one, control leads to death. There's an episode I did in 2020 during the pandemic called Don't Be a Spider Monkey. It's a pretty sad story. The monkey's inability to give up control leads to his capture and death. The spider monkey grabs onto a fruit that it wants so bad it cannot let go. Its hand is trapped 
in a small opening, all he has to do is unclench his fist, let go of his fruit, and he can move his arm out of the trap and run away. But he will not let go of the fruit. He's clutching it with his life and ends up losing his life because of it. Control leads to death. Don't be like the spider monkey. You cannot control it. Number two thing that I've observed, faith is believing what you cannot control. Only God is in control. Therefore, when I operate in faith, I have peace about everything. I know that he is in control. When I try to take control, it takes it from him, and that brings about doubt and insecurity in me. Does that make sense? If you believe man is in control and you don't have it, you feel insecure and lost. But when you believe God is in control, you can have peace even when things are not going well. This is when prayer comes from a place of faith versus fear. God still hears and answers fearful prayers, but he is overcome with joy when his people ask of him in faith. This is the power I was talking about. This is why I could have calm and peace in the midst of the storm. Because I have faith and I know that God's in control. Because God is bigger than every single one of those scenarios. The third observation is generosity helps. Control is also a sign of internal pride and selfishness. It may not appear like it, but control says, I've got this. I don't need anyone's help. I have personally struggled with asking for help. Asking others to pray for me. Allowing others to foot the bill. This is a pride And it stops a giver from giving. It's a way for me to control the situation versus reaching out for help. I had realized that it was never my burden to carry. Others want to help me. And certainly Jesus wants to take it on fully. That's my belief because he says it. This is another example of how my faith helped me tremendously. I have overcome this through my own generosity. I was not a generous person as a kid or as a young adult. I was a taker. And in recent years, though, I've become a lot more generous. Not to the point that I want to be over the course of my life, but I am so much better than I used to be. And I'll tell you, this new generosity in my heart allowed me to see through different eyes, the eyes of a giver. Because when you start to become a giver, you start to see through the eyes of a giver. And it's helped to release the burden that I've had And the pride of like asking people to pray for me, asking people for help, sharing things that are going on in my life that I was too afraid of the other people to know. There are so many things I've held back because of that pride, but becoming a generous person has enabled me to share that, to receive more from others, to give more to others. And here's what I'm learning from this process. Others want to give and others want to help. Don't be on one extreme and be an absolute taker of everything. But don't be in the other extreme and refuse receiving at all costs. There's a balance. And I was way more on the refuse side of the spectrum for most of my life. And I know people that are on the taker side. I was more on the other side for the majority of my life, a taker. And I've also been on the other side. So I want to be somewhere in the middle. And that's where I've become a lot more comfortable in these past couple of years. And I am also noticing as we've been able to be more generous 
with money, with time, with our talents. I've felt that generosity is very addicting. It's like a process that makes us more selfless and puts our eyes on others. That's what generosity is. And here's the cool part. I've noticed that as I became more generous, any existing control seems to shed off, like they can't coexist, control and generosity. I also believe it will pull you to a place of greater relationship with the creator as well. So those are the three observations I have noticed where control is an illusion. And for me to think or for anyone to think that we can control things, it seems like we can when things are going good. But once the tables turn and you've got that child or loved one in the hospital or a major storm comes your way, all of that illusion of control is gone. So now let's bring this to a conclusion. If you're thinking, what does this have anything to do with my cleaning business, Ken? Or to whatever business you run if you're listening to this outside of cleaning. It has nothing to do with cleaning, but it also has everything to do with cleaning. Do you really think that you're in control of the people you're hiring or of the clients you're bringing on? Do you really think it's in your control? Sure, you can take steps to make things more likely to happen. Absolutely, you can track those things. But I am convinced, because I've seen it happen too many times, that God is in control of everything, including how my business grows. And so when I honor and show obedience to God, good things tend to happen. So am I making a push here trying to convert you to any kind of a faith or religion? Not at all. I just want you to acknowledge that when things are really in a bad spot, like we've talked about, and you're at that place where you're praying because you realize you're not in control and you want help from God, I just want to ask you to give God that same time when you do feel like you're in control. Because maybe at those times when things are going good and you can still pray and ask for help and that pride can be shed away, I believe that's when you can start building a relationship with God. And when the next time period of crisis comes, you won't slip back into that extreme anxiety, fear, anger stage. You'll have peace, even though things are out of control. So I hope that makes some sense. I did my best, trust me, to bring something that was pretty abstract and teach it. If you have any questions or if you want to discuss any control issues you may have, feel free to check out some of the paid and free resources on the Smart Cleaning School website. And if you just want to talk to me, I do free coaching calls. And if you want to just go through some of these control issues and see if I can help you find some kind of a solution, I'd love to do that. So reach out and have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.